I'll be following Willie more and more. Back in the NRL. As Willie makes That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. Welcome to the very first episode of The Take with Willie Mason. My name is Ian Byrne. I am joined by the man of the hour, the man whose name is on the show because mine's not important (laughs) enough, Mr. William Mason. Welcome. I finally made it. I've got my own show. You're a very special (laughs) human being. Now, we will be, every week we will be here and we will be bringing our own little take on the news. That's why it's called The Take. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing your take on many things, Will. And the first thing we are going to talk about today is the NRL stand-down rule. Now, yeah. I personally think it is quite a strange rule because it doesn't seem to have any real consistency in the way they're doing things. You probably would have been stood down every third week for something stupid. <laughs> They've got different rules for different players for yeah. different things. What do you reckon? I think, that's, I think that's why everyone's frustrated. It's because there are different rules. You know, I mean, like, I just go through the list here. Zane Musgrove, Tyrone May, Fayunu, Dylan Walker, Matt Lodge, all these guys have come in. You know, this is all in the last sort of three or four years and they've done some dirty, dirty shit. It's just terrible what, they, what, the, what they've done. And I think, I think the, the public has just had enough. You know, they just want, they just want a simple rule where, where they can come in and go, all right, you, you're done for the – your career's done or something, something, something needs to happen because these, we just keep committing the same shit. Do you reckon? I mean, the problem I see is that every single incident is being judged in the same way and they're completely different. You've got blokes that are getting found guilty and then after they're being found guilty, they're playing for, you know, five or six weeks later. You've got blokes who, like DeBellin, obviously, who he's on a major charge and that's where it all stemmed from, yeah. was the DeBellin thing. Have he's a look gone at, for good. Like Tyrone May pisses me off, that whole situation there. He bought the NRL to its fucking knees last year. Mm. For some of the stuff that he did, and that was some, and that's, I got five sisters, and you know what I mean. Some of the things that were that were shown on on social media, he should never be able to play the game yeah. ever. Yeah, they say it's, they say it's like a privilege to play our game. It's a privilege to play NRL, but you got these guys that do shit like this, and they let they're, they're let back in the game, mm. like not to go. I mean, Matt Lodge, Dylan Walker dragged his dragged his missus across the road with his baby over a fucking Xbox game or PlayStation. Mm. Like, I don't give a shit what's, what sort of, what you do in the community or anything like that There's after. No Please, you can that. say sorry forever. You know, Zane Musgrove, uh, Matt Lodge, these guys have done these, these criminal things that I just, you just should not ever play the game again. Like, I don't understand why. Why do we keep giving these players you know, like such leeway and letting them back into the game where there's no repercussions because you can, you can, or unless you're Israel Folau and you quote a fucking fictional book and you're not allowed to play the game, you get ostracized like that. Uh, but that's what, that's what frustrates people because that's what frustrates me as a former player. Um, I think you know, it's very difficult to be able to, and I understand from the NRL's perspective, they're running a code. They're trying to make sure that sponsors don't jump off. They're trying to show that women should let their sons play, and that's obviously a Fully big understand, thing. but the game's not for everyone. Like but it's also, in saying that, you can't look at every single incident and go, okay, everyone who gets charged. Like, Manasi Finu has been charged with stabbing a bloke. Now, he's been, mm. you know, that that's... Zane Musgrove, for example, had two criminal charges within six months of each other. Yeah. Now, how does a bloke 
who is accused of domestic violence and then all of a sudden gets off that charge because the girlfriend removes that charge and then all of a sudden, less than six months later, he's on an indecent assault. How is he allowed to play the game? I don't understand. I honestly don't understand. This is where they should, the game should be ruled with an iron fist and you should have your contract ripped up and you're never to play NRL again. That's yeah. in my book. But when you do something so heinous, like all these guys that I've mentioned, it's, it's awful. And it's not a good look for the game. We just keep doing it. Yeah. You know, we keep letting them, letting them play, letting them play. So people like the, the public have sort of given up on it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the NRL's like, they're trying to promote the game. As I said, like 20 seconds ago, it's not for everyone. Mm. You know, like it's, it's a brutal game. Like, you know that. Well, you can come through the system as a young little kid and you try and play, and then you know what's happening at the end of the day. You want to play Origins, physical. You want to play for Australia, it's physical. So your kids know that shit. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're going to go through the game and it's, you're not going to get one sort of injury or no head knocks or anything like that. You know, you're going to get it. It's funny too because, I mean, coming up through the grades, you, you're almost encouraged to be aggressive. Like, if you're a forward... And you're not aggressive, then, how, how and then all you, of a sudden they get these blokes that go out and. How the can community. you not be? How can you not be? How how can you not just say I, I I've been involved in the junior sort of junior sort of clubs and about 14, 15 year olds, some kids that I've been talking to, like compared to when I was fourteen or fifteen, that was like ninety four, ninety five. Like they're getting coached totally different. You know, they they can't hit. So all these little things that you you're supposed to be getting taught as a young kid, so you can ascend to first grade in about three or four years or five years. It's, you're not you're not getting taught that sort of stuff. Yeah. You're getting taught to tackle around the legs and all that kind of stuff. So many people that tackle around the legs these days. No, unless I, you're Jake Trebojevic and you've got perfect technique. I think realistically, the game probably needs to have a little bit more of a consistent approach yeah. to what they're doing. I just don't. I just don't like the fact. I like. I mean, I, I love the game. Um, it should be a privilege to play the game. They keep fucking promoting that. They keep saying that to the public and telling everybody. But is it? Yeah. Is it really when you look at these idiots that have done this? Like, and I'm 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 a big advocate in and a big believer in second chances. If you've done something wrong, not but not that disrespectful and just being a real but being a really bad fucking person. I was never a bad person. I'm totally I pissed in public twice. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah. Well, you mentioned contracts before. We look at uh, Kalen Ponga. Yeah. And one thing I get sick of is. Every single time someone who's a high-profile player is about to sign a contract, he gets signed with the union, he's going to go here, he's going to go there. Do you reckon Kalen Ponger is fair income about playing union or is this just another contract extension? I think he was a gun union player. He was. Yeah, so I don't think the transition will be of anything that John Kerwin's saying. He's like, he needs two or three years. He's not like Sonny Bill or Sonny Bill didn't play the game and Sonny was an athlete, took him a while to adjust. I think he'll just go straight, straight into union and just kill it. I just don't. I don't really think that he'll need two years. I think he'll just need a whole year of Super Rugby, some solid games, and then just go on his little on his merry way to play um, for the All Blacks. People Do just don't, I don't like know. it. I don't know. I don't People. Know. I mean, he needs to understand who he's dealing with here. You're dealing with a beast. You're dealing with the most prolific, unbelievable, best, best sporting team of all time. You're yeah. not rolling with the Knights or the Cowboys in Queensland to a certain extent. Um, yeah, you, you, you're going to put that black jersey on. There's a lot of expectation. What do you think every single kid in New Zealand's trying to do? I reckon there's probably, and and for for the sake of the listeners, I'm I'm a union man. You know, Will yeah. obviously is a league guy, but for, from my perspective, there are probably four or five, five fullbacks in New Zealand that are ahead of him 
right now. You well, know, so, so but I mean, you just got to give him a chance. Yeah. I think he'll back him. I think he'll back himself. He's one of the talented. He's one of the most talented people I've ever seen touch a rugby league ball for the whole. For 120 years, do you yeah. know what I mean? He's, he's a, a freak. freak, you know that. He's a freak. So I think I don't think it, it'll be the transition will be that hard for him because he's a he's a hard worker. He's got a great attitude. He respects the game. He know he doesn't expect to go in there. Shown to the All Blacks, he wants to work hard. Yeah. He wants that whole year and earn that spot. And he's gambling a lot, man. Yeah, he he'll is. be 26 years old. I mean, like he could he's going to sign a deal here with the Knights. Hopefully, he hopefully kid doesn't play for Australia yet. Hmm. He's he's played a couple of good Origins, and his club form was. It's been pretty solid the last two or three years, but the expectation and the roof is still, and the ceiling is still very high on that kid. And he hasn't got anywhere near it. You talk to the kid and his expectations on himself is very high. So I think anything he touches... Well, how good's Australian rugby going? You're talking about him playing for Australian League. He's not talking about playing for the Wallabies. He's going it's disrespectful. To the a little bit disrespectful, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's just so he doesn't like, even I care. The, I don't want to come 17th. I want yeah. to be the best team in the world. And what about the other way? You've got Artie Savia, mm. who has come out. I mean, I think that's probably just him geeing up. I'm not sure. But yeah, maybe, maybe he was on the, um, the scope. Or, or maybe, the you know, the rules YKTR uh, boys over there. Shout out to you guys. He's doing some good stuff. But... Um, He's uh, he, he said it, so he must be thinking it. And well, obviously, he wants to. You know, I hate it when you get some ex you know rugby league players or union saying, "No, you won't make it. You won't do this." I said, six foot three, like he's hundred you know hundred eight kilos. Oh, he's a beast. He's quick as hell. Yeah. Left arm carry, good footwork. I tweeted about it. Like he's he's built for league. Like he could fit on any left side in in the whole NRL. And as long the only things that that he'll have to pick up. That's why our preseason's so long, and he probably have a really big preseason. Is his defence? Yeah. He can actually hit, but it's defending, being yeah, a good defender. It's yeah. not about because everybody is such a good defender in the game now, and knowing the reads and knowing the plays and all the little nuances that he can get taught. It's not like the switch. The switch. Oh, I'm waiting to see it. the switch from a, a union guy to a league instead of us going league to union. Like I well, think that, I'm not sure which, which transition's harder, but. I know. No union fact, guys go. I it's don't very think so. Rare. But why would you? You can play all you around play, the world. Yeah, We've got one money. competition here, and it is everybody's going for it. You if know, you're spread out between what, nearly 15 premier comps in the world. Yeah, and if someone like realistically, if someone's at, at the top echelon, I mean, mm. you did it. You went to yeah. played for Toulon until they kicked you out. Yeah. But you went to the south of France and you played there, or going to Penrith. Yeah. I mean, I love Penrith. Penrith's a terrific spot, but. Would you rather be in the South the of France or would you yeah. rather be in Penrith? You know, it's not a very hard choice. I mean, well, that's a funny thing. You you actually did. People don't probably realise mm. this, but you've actually represented the Barbarians in yeah. rugby. What, is it that different? I mean, what, the skill yeah. sets well, that different? you still got to tackle. you still got to run the ball. It is. All the little things. I mean, like, if in a perfect world, I would have went over and I would have been a six. Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember having meetings with the All Blacks coaches, coaches and the Wallabies coaches. I was eligible for both back in 2003 and stuff like that, 2004 to the 2007 World Cup. And obviously my position would have been six. Fast forward about five years ahead and I'm about 31 and then I just go to the Barbarians, play for Toulon. Totally different. Yeah. Totally different. Already installed and like just... And you, you were know, playing 12. Yeah, and they put me at 12. They put that was, me, and that's the, the easiest It's yeah. the easiest transition for uh, second row slash front row, what I was. And they just thought because Sonny Bill did it, did it everyone was going to do it. Yeah. And I was like, uh, Sonny Bill's a freak. And he can he usually played in the centre sometimes when yeah, we had the right. back row covered. Huh. I, stuck, I was in the back row maximum, front row, back row. So I think it was just the timing of it. I think I would have been, uh, been, been, been a great union player as a six or eight. And I think at that time, it was just fun. I was like 31 years old, living in the south of France, 
getting paid a shitload to do really nothing. Yeah. So I was stuck. I stuck there for about eighteen months. That's actually pretty much your whole career. (laughs) Now the other thing, I guess, we're talking about elite players and where to play. The expansion talk that's going on at the moment. It looks as if Brisbane probably are favourites to get a second team. Um, there's talk that, you know, Wayne Bennett will coach him, Craig Bellamy will coach him. There's talk that you'll play for him. There's a lot of talk going on. I don't see a problem with it, but a lot of ex-players have come out and said there's not the talent. Now, is that just the ex-players throwing stones because no. it's better in my day or is that actually I think I think, uh, yeah, I think um, Bill and Gal are right because I look at most teams. I look at, uh, I look at the leaders within the teams. I look at how, how good their 17 is. And I think for most clubs, they're struggling to find a 15, 16 and 17. There's yeah. about eight people going for that spot. So there's never a real genuine, all right, there's your top 17. Nobody can ever do that. Probably Melbourne's the only two. Melbourne and the Roosters are the only ones that can go, all right, I've got 17 players. That's who I'm picking for round one. And you, all these other guys are just busting their ass. Every other team are pretty much gambling on, you know, hopefully these young kids come through. Hopefully they've progressed a little bit. So I think I can agree with, I can agree with, with Bill and Gal there. And I'm like, okay. And I look at the quality of captains in, the, in this modern era. I look at the halfbacks. I look at the, the, the nines, you know, like all these key players. I look, the forwards is a production line. We can just fucking stack the stack the whole deck. You got front rolls, second rolls, locks coming out of our asses. But our main players, halves, nines, and sixes, we can't do it. Because I remember, look, I look at I look at just say ten or fifteen years ago, we had Andrew Johns, Craig Gow, Brett Kamali, Brent Sherwin, um, Matt Orford, Brett Finch, all these guys going for one spot in New South Wales. Yeah. Who are we talking about now? Moses and Cleary. Moses and Cleary. Like I, yeah. I like this is this is the the product of what we've been developing in the last ten or fifteen years. Who's our nine? Before da- after Danny Badiris, Mick Ennis and Robbie Farrell fighting, and then Nathan and Pete's, Pete's and then Nathan yeah. Pete's because we didn't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, and now we've got Damien Cook. Yeah, you know who's pushing up cookies behind? <laughs> <laughs> but who's who's pushing him? Who's pushing the nine for, like after Cameron Smith? Well, they don't, um, they don't know what they're doing. Like friend and McCulloch are done. Yeah, they're like they're for Origin. So McCulloch played for Australia a couple of years ago. What, who's pushing for Queensland now? Mm. They're not even meant. Jag Turpin's going to be starting for Brisbane who, this who, year. Who did he's, play nine for Ben Hunt? Played Ben Hunt. Ben so Hunt is a makeshift. Hunt, yeah. He's a makeshift nine. So I I'm, actually I'm, did see. So that's why I'm just saying. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. That's not unusual. No, I, I mean I, I did see a, a side like a predicted side for players that are out of contract. Mm. And this is the 17 or whatever. And I must say, um, if that was the best they could come yeah, anyway, up with, yeah, it would yeah. have been pretty average. Yeah, back to that. If we do spread the game, if we spread it, we have one more team. And if if I was if I sit back and be a fan, I'm like, God damn it, I love the game, but it's fucking so hard to score a try against Melbourne and the Roosters and all these top sides. I'm like, God damn, if you spread all these players out, and then you you're probably going to get a good 13 or 14 players, and the rest are going to be real young kids. They're going to come on, and you're going to you're going to see a lot more tries. It's going to be a lot more expansive, and I think you can, like I, I just think maybe if they do have that one more team, it will it'll drain it. It'll drain it. It'll drain everybody out. The key players will be gone from most teams and it'll be spread out, which I don't know, Bill Bill mightn't like that. He's got mm. a good point, but on the other side, it's just like the game might open up a fair bit because I'm telling you now, like as a player, as a former player, like the game is so hard and mm. it looks out how hard it is to score a try. Everyone works their asses off. The defensive systems in the game now, everybody works as hard as each other. Yeah. 
So I think maybe, just maybe spread it out a bit. Well, one thing that we will be doing every week is we will be doing a thing called Willie's Take. Now, that will essentially be your view on a certain topic that we've chosen through the week. The topic that we have chosen this week, and it's quite uh, controversial so far, is the current NRL ad that's produced to you know for the start of the 2020 season. Um, it's created a lot of controversy, which I think probably is unwarranted. Uh, they've been allegations that it's catering to the politically correct crowd uh, for, for a couple of things. One is the, the footage of Latrell Mitchell in an, in, a, in an Aboriginal flag. And the other thing is a kiss between the captains of the New South Wales and Queensland women's side with a love is love thing. Now, mm. out of that entire two-minute ad, there was probably 15 seconds out of that whole two-minute ad that could be considered to be PC or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Latrell Mitchell's had a pretty average off-season. Being advised poorly and being through the news. So this kid, who is a superstar of the game, if they say to him, come and do this thing and we're going to put a flag on you and everything will be fine, he's not going to say no, right? Yeah. So you tell me, Will. Yeah. Does this ad make you want to watch football? Yeah. Also, does it make you feel like the NRL's lost the plot? I honestly look at that ad and I feel very nostalgic and I and it makes me sort of emotional because I was I was ten years old when that ad came out, nineteen ninety. Um, all all it is is the thirty years post Tina Turner, what the game's done. We went through Super League, South got back into the game, you know, all and they showed a few um, like Macklemore, how how the game has evolved in society and everything's grown with it. I think they try to probably touch on too many things and you can't please every person. Like I just, I just look at it and I looked at it and went, what a great ad. We're just celebrating pretty much everybody and it just shows the underbelly of, of racism in this country just, you, and just like sexism and all this sort of shit, you know, like the girls kissing Macklemore and Latrell Mitchell, that's all anyone can bring up. Mm. And all I look at, I look at it and just go, you've got 30 years of the game just growing and society growing. And that's I think that's what the NRL was looking at. That's what we want to do. You know, you had South coming back into the competition about 2001 and all this kind of stuff and Macklemore, the quality, the women coming into it. Uh, I just I, I just thought it was a it was a really good piece. I, I never thought there was anything wrong with it. I've seen Carl Stefanovi come out and go, it's divisive. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, you got Frizzell. He goes, it looks divisive with a guy sitting, you know, like with Latrell Mitchell by himself in the beach with Aboriginal flag over him. I thought it was a powerful, powerful thing to see. It was great. He comes out and says, it looks divisive. Why don't you say it's divisive when, you know, Frizzell, Frizzell was running by himself down the street. Mm. Like, there's a, there's a lot of things that we just, we just didn't pick up. We just pick on Paul Latrell, I don't know, all the time. It's like, it's a, you think the, the NRL... Had had gone to Latrell and go, oh, this is how this is how we want to portray you. We're going to put you in the put you in the water with the Aboriginal flag on your back, so everybody can just have a crack at you with a, with a little Aboriginal girl singing singing that song. I just don't understand. And, and people, I want to take people behind the curtain of things that happened. Like they would have they would have told Latrell, and people his management would have known, and his people, and they're going, okay, Latrell, you're part of the NRL campaign. Yes, he would have been stoked. He doesn't know what sort of he's not in the fucking TV world where you can just take. You filming this? They would have been filming it for about a couple of weeks to get that one ad, and he's in there for one for half a day. They film him, put the Aboriginal flag on you, stand there. They took about fucking four hundred different angles, and then he goes. 
He doesn't know what song's going to be played. He doesn't know anything. He just turns up and then he's done. And then he sits here and cops all this shit. Like, I feel so... The kid's strong as hell. Like, he's got the, so many likers, but, like, there's some people that just come out of the woodwork and just this racism just comes up and it just shits me. I think the problem is, is that people are just genuinely looking to be outraged about something all the time. Like, you get an yeah. ad and it comes out and then Paul Kent... And fair enough, Paul Kent has an opinion and that's his job. He's paid for opinions. But he comes out and writes this article basically saying that it's a shit ad. Now, that's completely... He's allowed to have that opinion. Mm. But what he does is he starts to, to rustle up this anti-ad sentiment for no apparent reason. He, what yeah. he says is that they've tried to be too politically correct and yeah. they've tried to do this. At the end of the day, it's a football ad. It like, is an ad. How can you psychoanalyse an ad so but much? It's thing, two minutes. Two but, like, the, I looked at it and I, I seen Channel 9 do it and I seen Latrell there and everyone's having a go at Latrell. And I'm like, what is the big deal when I watch the whole thing by himself? And I was just like, he's just there for, like, 10 seconds with an Aboriginal flag on his back. Yeah. Like, he's a proud Aboriginal man. He can I mean, do what he wants. I don't understand. Like, this, And this society that we live in, it's just like everyone has an opinion. But and that's were, what we've created. There but, were factual inaccuracies in it. Like as in Trebojevic's, you know, they've worked out, oh, he, he was born in this year and they've showed him at this. It's not fucking real. It's no not actually Trebojevic. It's just, it's, it's trying to create a, a view of young kids watching the game, yeah. growing up and playing the game that they like. Do you think that was doing. Cameron Smith, everyone? It wasn't actually Idiots. Cameron Smith. It proves how dumb everyone is as well. I just but don't understand. I, and, I mean, another factual inaccuracy in the first ad with Tina Turner was the bloke with the saxophone being sexy. No that one was, with a saxophone the saxophone thing that was good was has like, ever been sexy. Frizzell looked jacked and ripped. He looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was good to see a saxophone solo. It's been so a lot. seen him in the cross. Yeah. <laughs> but look, for, for my for my way of thinking, no, I just think it's an ad. It's about the NRL. It's designed to promote the game. Yeah. It hasn't offended anyone because of the fact that it's been offensive. It's offended people because it hasn't been offensive. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be a world first. It just shows that, that little bit of an underbelly that you scratch and everyone just turns up and just like, oh, my God. In 1990, it wasn't a problem because everyone was running along the beach. What did they want? It just just because it's the same song, but they got women in it and they're celebrating Aboriginal people. That's, that's, that's it. it. It's the that's end. That's literally the, it. the end. Yeah. Like we're we're so against it. Like it's just like get over yourself. Like get, I mean, I watch the, I listen to these people like Stefanovic back to you. Like get over yourself. No one gives a shit about your opinion, mate. Like just stick to the fucking weather or the news or whatever you do. Weather. Rug- He's a weather. This man. is this is new. This is rugby league. Like yeah. just no one cares about what you're saying. But like obviously people do because we, we're grabbing his little bullshit takes. Must be going shit over there at Channel Nine. And then we're, we're throwing it into ours. And like, oh, Carl Stefanovic said that. No, I don't care what he says. The most offensive thing about the first ad was Alan Langer and Wayne Pearce in their dick stickers. That was genuinely E.T. was there? Hard. No, it was all right. E.T.'s a good E.T.'s sword. a good sort, isn't Wayne Pearce, yeah. not so much. Now, uh, William, the season, as the ad has shown, is about to start. And mm. so we are about to start being very wise and explaining to everyone how the specific teams are going to go. Now, what we will do, because we are very kind and we are very inclusive, like the NRL ad, we are going to go through every single team alphabetically and give a little bit of a preview about how we yeah. think the season's going to go. Give now, it to me. it may actually not be alphabetical because I did it no. in my own brain. So, But we're going to start with the Broncos because I think R starts before you. Yeah. The Broncos, William. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I'm tipping a bit at my top eight. It'll be interesting to see how they go with Darius Boyd. You know, like his captaincy is gone. 
these young kids, they've got Matt Lodge out. You've got a Pangai Junior to move up to the front row. Then you're going to start maybe a Carrigan or Fleg- Flegler, a Flegler. Then you've got, good. you know, like David, um, you've got Payne Harsh, you've got David Fafita. They've got the who's best a freak. They've got the best mobile pack. If you add, if you have Lodge there, then he, then Payne Harsh gets on the back of him. Yeah. Um, the young kid from Melbourne. Brody Croft. Croft. Brody Croft. Yeah. I think he'll have a breakout year. Because, I mean, who leaves, who leaves Melbourne? People that he, can't make Melbourne. He must have been pissed off. But he could have. He was, he was their next Cooper Cronk and mm. Matt Orford and Brett Kamali. They're all from the same sort of branch. Um, I think he'll have a breakout year. I think Milford will have another, will have a, a great year. And I think they're a, they're a top eight side, even top four. Milford it, needs to have, like, but they need on to. a million bucks a year. I mean, I don't give a shit what money he he's on because he deserves every cent. Does he, though? But, I don't know, mate, I don't care what he's on. I just want him to play to his potential. And people seeing his potential and they're paid on his potential. That's right. That's what I want to see. He's got to deliver. I want to, I want to, and I want to see him happy. Like, he's a great player. He's mm. great for the game and he's a he's box office. Yeah, he yeah. should be playing for Australia, man. Like, he's only, he's only 26. Playing for Samoa, William. He That's should. just as important. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> but I know that. But his talent says I should be playing for Australia. Yeah. Playing for Queensland consistently. Uh, but they've got some really good players. Xavier Oates, you've got Coates, you've got uh, like Jack Bird. I want to see Jack Bird come out and just absolutely he's stomp, stomp this everybody this Being year. He's an angry human. Yeah. And he's been. He would be after two Yeah, well, years. two years he hasn't been. But he's been injury ravaged. People don't understand, man. Like, he's. What do you want him to play? Like, just the busted ass. His sternum was cracked. Mm. Like, I don't. I mean, they're going to be a good side. They've got the pack there. I just think Brody Croft should. Um, if Brody Croft has a. a I don't know, like eight, seven out of ten every game. They'll be all right. Yeah, they'll be yeah. fine. They've got strike power all over the joint. Speaking of a team that doesn't have strike power all over the joint, it is your old mob, the Bulldogs. Yeah. Now, they are a side that probably overperformed towards the back end. They're playing well together. They've done all right in the trials. Um, yeah, they don't trials. have any out-and-out superstars, but they've had a secret weapon this year in that you have been involved, haven't mm, you, William? Yeah, a little bit. Um not too much, mainly with the young guys. But I've come in there and had a few talks with the with the older fellas and just trying to uh, really. I think they um, they can relate to it to the era that we had there in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, and they sort of re- relate to that. They they've got kids there that don't remember the nineties or the eighties. So I think that's why they're getting a few of us in there just to talk about the history of the game. I mean, the history of the club, what it means to play for the club, what sort of standards there are to play for that club. So. Um, Hopefully it reaches them, but uh, I just I see another hard year. I don't really see. I think they'll be pushing for that eight spot, like they did last year. I think if they complete, if they complete their sets and they play like they did in the last twelve games, one ten in the last twelve. Yeah, you know what I mean. If they complete at ninety percent and their tackle efficiency is about ninety percent, and you know they can score a couple of tries off some offloads and just play to their strengths, which is not flamboyant football. It's just grind, grind, grind. Some dirty eighty-minute football going to be some busted bodies all through the year but that's what it takes and they're going to have like six million dollars to spend next year so it's a it's a it's, it's going to be progress this year and hopefully that they might they might jag an eight spot that's i reckon if you're a bulldogs fan you just want to see your team try i mean week. they've back that's i mean look at the forward pack I mean, they have a good year aiden tolman jerry marshall ken dylan napper joe simpson hawira naira josh jackson you know adam elliott dean Britt. you've got some really good first graders there that was you just know? off the top of your head too that no, was, no. was impressive ridiculous good at that uh, so a team that underperformed last year is the Cowboys. The Cowboys yeah. were my tip to make the grand final last year and they cost me both in <laughs> financial terms and also in getting bagged by everyone who I said that to. Now, this year, I cannot see them improving without halves. 
Nah, I think drink water. They're going for drink water and you've got Michael Morgan. Mm. I think Michael Morgan, if, if there are any chance, Michael Mor- Morgan needs to be top five finishing in the Dalian. Yeah. And I think Tao Malolo is just going to keep on being Tao Malolo, which He's I think best. is the best forward ever. Um, I think, you know, like uh, who's the other kid, the big... Um, Jordan McLean. Jordan McLean. He needs, he needs to stand up. Yeah. He hasn't played Origin yet, but he's played for Australia. Mm. Like he needs to play like an Australian player. They play big money for him. Is he a New South Welshman? Yeah. Okay. Like he's, he, he played some really good football at the back end of last yeah, he year. Did. He needs to... He um, got injured last year. Yeah. He? Yeah. he got a really bad, um, I think, ankle or knee injury. So he needs to... He need, I mean, he would want us. I love it how people always come out. He needs to... They want to. You he's, not, he's not trying to Do you know what I mean? There. It's not yeah. like you're not trying to play shit. Yeah. Like, I, I think all these experts of the game, like, he needs a big year. Really? Like, I've been injured for fucking two years. You don't think I know that? Yeah. Like, come on. Uh, so what that, are we like, saying? But, Cowboys oh, are right. Valentine Holmes? How Valentine Holmes could, could be the difference. Could you be the difference. Right? Yeah, they've got, they've got a gun back line. They've got a forward pack that can make it. And as I said, like, with the depth and everything before, with the, you know, with the expansion of the game, they're one of those teams that you don't know who the 16 or 17 is. Yeah. That's most clubs. Team list will be interesting yeah. next week. We'll see how they got at five eight. Now the Dragons. Uh, now, how long in the season before Paul McGregor gets the ass? Yeah, that's a big call, isn't it? I think I'll probably give him ten games, and if he's um, less than five hundred, or maybe you know, I think I think I I'm not sure. They're they're usually they're pretty ruthless, the Dragons, but mm. I'm not sure he's 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 survived. They've got, he a good team. They've got a good all right team. I mean, they're pretty good in the charity the charity shield for 40 minutes, which is all that matters because yeah. they just rip all their good players off. Um, they need no injuries. They need Ben Hunt playing out of his skin. They need some young kids pushing up. They need some forwards that are just going to be firing. Tarek Sims probably had probably regressed from his year before in 2018, but he was carrying injuries. You've got Trent Merrin coming back. How do you reckon Merrin goes? He'll, he, mate, he's, a great, he's a great player. He's a great player. offloads, great yeah. offloads, and he can create that second phase with Ben Hunt and that McInnes, so he's going to miss the first couple of games. McInnes yeah. for injury. Isaac you got, you got Vaughan, Isaac Luke. You've got Vaughan, Isaac Luke. You've got some really good players there, but they need, as I said before, 16-17, Mm. 15, 16, 17 probably plays we can't even we can't even we don't even remember their name yeah. that's what I'm saying you need household not household names but players that can roll off the tongue and they haven't got that they'll have some, they've got some good centers you need Zach Lomax really like making some noise in the back at the back there at number one so it'd be I think it might be a tough year tough year for the Dragons yeah. could not agree more now the next in the alphabetical order is the Eels mm. the Eels uh, look this is the year that they have to go, isn't it? Like yeah. there's been a lot of talk about the Eels over the last few years and they've gone from spoon to, you know, last year I guess they were genuine, you know, yeah. not premiership contenders but they were up there. How do you reckon they go this year? Yeah, the Eels will be they'll – be, they'll be up there. I look, I look at that, that team as a top four team. I look at Mitchell Moses as a top three player finishing in the Dally M. Um, potential he'll be battling for that a number seven jersey for New South Wales and I think he knows he's a fair chance and if he needs it and if his team is coming in in the top three or four ahead of Penrith he'll probably get the nod um, their forward pack they just got that Ryan Madison he's a he's a freak great defensive player on that right edge good ball runner good hole hitter Gutherson at the back you got uh, Mitchell Mose and Dylan Brown that's the key and yeah. the young Mahoney they've got a really good spine yeah really young Talented, athletic, fit, Junior Paulo, Kane Evans. Just their their pack is is very. It's it's not massive, but they're like Sean Lane's a big guy, but he plays on the left edge. He's about Campbell six Gillard foot five. Campbell Gillard is my man. He could be the missing. Piece he needs to be that real that real enforcer in the game. 
Yeah, big when Carver's when kid you're that too. big, hey? big Carver's kid as well. Yeah. Stefan, you know, yeah. I'm not even going to pronounce his last name. They've got some really I'm... good kids. As I said, they're one of the teams that's probably got 21 players to fit into 17. Yeah. And they're the ones that you've got to watch out for. Yeah. But I think, you know, you've got Mike Acevo, you've got Fergie on the – that back three is dynamite. And you've got Jennings as well. Their right side centre, I don't know. I think it could be Takarangi there. It could be, it could be someone. But they're not – he's not – a superstar, but he's a decent first grader. But everything else seems to fit. Yeah. But I just worry about that mentality that Penrith, I mean, that Parramatta have because I just, you know, some some years, what do they finish? Top four, mm. top eight, and the next minute they're like 15th. Yeah. It's very weird. So Brad Arthur's obviously fixing that culture. They've got players there that don't know how to lose and all they know is to play semi-final football. So that's all you need. And they've got some really good young forwards coming through the ranks, some good Polynesian kids. So I'll be, I'll pick them in my top four, that's for sure. I like them this year, actually. Now, the next side is the Knights. Now, the Knights, mm. they've got a new coach. They've got, uh, well, they don't have really any new players, but no. uh, they probably don't need any new players because they bought them all last year and they probably underperformed. There was obviously some ructions with the coach. I think uh, O'Brien has had a lot of success at clubs that do well in the Storm and the Roosters. Yeah. He obviously steps up. Now, have you had anything to do with him or have you? No, no, I haven't. Um, no, nothing. He come through this, he come through this uh, really good system with the Storm. He's been under some, some good coaches, so he knows his shit. And apparently all the guys are, um, are pretty happy with him up, up there. So I think it's up to Pearson Ponga. Yeah. Simple. Like last year, I think, you know, Brownie messed around at the start and put Ponger at 5'8". Probably cost him his job. Do you reckon that's what I reckon? That's yeah, it probably cost him his job. Yeah. Pissed Ponger off. There's a couple of other guys, senior players in there that, that weren't happy. Um, yeah, but Pierce, I think, you know, Pierce needs to be a top five finish in the Daly M for them to go good. And so does Ponger. They're probably going to have two players. So when those two players strike and they play well, they usually win. You've got Clemmer and you've got that young kid, Braley, who's yeah. probably the key. Danny Levi started the year off pretty good, got injured, and then he fe- he, he regressed for the back end of the year. But their back row worries me. Mm. Saifidi, Clemmer, Braley in the front row, they're going to do their work. But I look I at the back, mind, bro. Fitzgibbons, he's okay if he's fed oh, ball. Mate. He's just yeah. got to... He needs just, a fucking... You know, like Moses hole. needs to be there splitting a big frigging... He needs a hole. <laughs> needs the Red Sea <laughs> to apart, to part, to run <laughs> through the fucking hole. But, he like, it's frustrating. And then, like, the other... you got Barnett and... Um, so I can't really... You should be able to name your back, bro, straight away. Guerra. And Guerrera. Like, Guerrera was in and out of the sides. Yeah. And I just think their start. back row... Of, they work, they can play 80 Tim minutes. Blasby. Yeah, they can work their asses off and they'll get through the work. But who's that dude on the edge that Where's can punch a hole? Yeah. Where's the X factor? You know what I mean? Like they need that sort of person who, either, who can, who that, who's, a, who's a triple threat. Well, that's why they're probably chasing Frizzell because I think well, that's Frizzell, probably the missing Frizzell was that guy on the right edge who yeah. can just hit holes off Piercy and they don't have a 5'8". Yeah. Tex Hoy. Matty, Matty Hoy's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good player. Because, Joey's pushing because, him. I mean, Joey's pushing him, but, but that's regardless, gross. but re- there's no agenda there. The nah. kid can just play. He's a good football. And he's a really good kid, but I just think um, he's an, there's another team. I don't know who the 16-17 is going to be. Yeah. Like, And that's why that's why they'll probably struggle. All the teams that I've, look, that I've said, I don't know who's going to be in their side, Like, they're probably going to struggle for Do you know what year. I like about this? It's the consistency that you're showing with your opinion. I like it. There's no 16 or 17, and you'll probably be right, and then I'll have to... Oh, I'm serious. You're right about something. <laughs> now the Panthers. I thought last year that they stunk, and every time they lost, I was happy because I said they'd be no they good. Would probably, 
And now I've changed my tune. <laughs> I've changed my tune about the Panthers. I think it didn't work with Cleary and Maloney. Yeah. I think now that Cleary's there steering the ship, I think they've got an all right forward pack. Tedovano's a good buy. I think the Panthers will go well this year. Arpy Coruscant. Arpy Coruscant is the key. Yeah, he's playing He's well a nine, but he is a nine. He's a future. I mean, if it wasn't for for Cookie, wasn't such be such an animal, he'd be pushing for that nine for mm. New South Wales. He's a class nine. That's what they missed last year. And then Cleary. And then you fight. I'm like, who, who's their five eight? That, um, the uh, Luai. Luai. But um, would have been your mate Tyrone pack. May otherwise. Yeah, Tyrone May should never play again. Um, but I look at their four pack: Tarmel, Zane Tedavano, Billy Kickow. Isaac uh, Fisher-Harris. Yo, Yo Fisher-Harris. Yeah. They've got a beast of a pack and very well balanced. Some really good wingers. Uh, Josh Mansell's coming back. It usually takes about 18 months to get back from an E-Rico. He got through last year. He ended up playing some really good football. Comes back this year with a shitload of confidence, scoring some tries. So I'll be happy for him to get over the line. Um, but they've got, a, they've, got, they've got a team that's got 17. They've yeah. got 17 guys, 17 men ready to go out round one. Yeah. No, they're good. I like them this year. I've changed my Billy tune. Billy Kickout. Did you see him in the nines? Oh, what about that AFL player? <laughs> Almost killed him. I was going, why would you put that poor bloke out there oh, on the wing? Oh, mate, it was embarrassing. Uh, so the Rabbits. Uh, the mm. Rabbits, your man, yeah. Wayne Bennett. I think the Rabbits are going to struggle this year. You reckon? Because they just don't have the forward pack. Losing yeah. Sam Burgess. They got rid of George, big yeah. gorgeous George, and him and his big slugger gone overseas. I think that – I just think they're missing – they needed Arrow. They needed yeah. the Titans to come to the party. They did. Or they need Tom Burgess to take that next step. He's yeah. been probably the third best brother. You know, Sam, then George, and then, you know, Luke? Tom. And Luke, I mean, there's four great blokes, four Equal great third. players. But I think, um, you know, he needs to step up. He's got that whole pack on his shoulders. You've got Totola, you've got Liam Knight. And good. then, yeah, Liam Knight's a really good player. They're so they're, they're the trying to push. Yeah, they're trying to push him. You've got, you got Cookie, who's the best nine in the game. And you got your back row, Jaden Sewer, who's looking for a really big year. He can hit holes. Um, but their back line is really, you know, Reynolds, you got Latrell's going to be out there to prove a point. Cody Walker, Dane Gagai. It's a good back line. It's a really good back line, but their forwards need to do a job. They need to do a job. And like, there's no more fear factor for South. That is a big thing. When you used to play South when I was playing, it was fucking scary because they were big, big boys. You mm. had the Burgess boys coming off the bench. Yeah. I was like, what the hell's going on here? And just you had rotating. Sam coming off the back. Sam fence. was just an animal. Like, there's no Sam Burgess, no Greg Inglis. You know, it's it's a changing of the guard there. And these young kids, they can take it as a they'll take it as a you know a great opportunity as a challenge. But other clubs will be challenging as well. That's yeah. the difference. It's all good to say the right things all the time in the preseason. Yeah, we had a great preseason. This is for all clubs. No one gives a fuck. I'd, just I'd, get out you, there and just get out there round one to like just show me the first ten rounds, see what you got. You're not terrified of that South pack, are you? Like you nah. were with Sam Burgess. No, nah, Sammy, Sammy was a beast, mate. Sammy was a beast. You're he was a scary human. Scary human. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of good packs, the man. No, actually, no. I was going to say the Seagulls, but I forgot the Roosters. Roosters just win the comp. We can move on from them. The Raiders as well, actually. We'll go the Raiders. My uh, alphabet skills are obviously <laughs> lacking. The Raiders last year's grand finalists. They've got. Everything hinging on this 5'8 from or halfback from England, George Williams. If he plays well, yeah. they're all right. If he doesn't, they're going to struggle. Aiden Caesar. I thought Aiden Caesar was a big. Uh, Old Julius. Yeah. <laughs> the salad. The salad was a big loss. He ended up playing some really good football, but salary cap issues. Uh, they go BJ Leilua, who's going to be massive. Curtis Scott might be facing jail, but he'd be right to play NRL. He's sweet to play. Yeah, he's sweet to play. Um, 
you know, they've got, you know, Croker, Nick Kotrick, Jack White and George, you know, George Williams, C. Soliola, Hodgson, Papali, Whitehead, Joey Tapine, I reckon, is one of the best players if he can stay in the game. If he can stay in yeah. the game. And then look at your bench. This is, a, this is a perfect side that you probably got 21 players fitting into 17. Yeah. And that's with Bateman out. Yeah, and yeah, Bateman and is Bateman, out, and they got that probably back in. Yeah, you got that Horsburgh who's a nutcase, and they got some really good players. Sutton, yeah. So you got some players and Denam Slew and Cesoliola. They can all come in and interchange, and um, they'll they'll be a problem. Jack Whiten had a gun year last year. He's a freak. Does he play five eight all the time? Yep. You know, like that's it's, he has yeah. to. And realistically, I think the only you put him in the, the blue missing, side what, as I? a six. Yep. Yeah, I would. Right. I would. I mean, the only other option you got with that, and we're getting ahead of ourselves probably, yeah. is Moses and, and Cleary. You could probably play one at seven, one at six. But um, but I like Wyden. I like him. And I think the Raiders will go very, very close to mm. making up. And I hope every time the Raiders play, someone calls six again. I love I mean, it's terrible what happened to them in the grand final. Is but it though when you're a Roosters I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm just a rugby league fan. Yeah. But I just think... Uh, do they carry that all year? No. Are they filthy on the fucking game? Imagine like, better you, not, you were the worst Better not ledger. waste, yeah. The worst ledger of all time. I would get under their skin. If you were I'd get under Jack White's skin, I Straight reckon. Straight into it. <laughs> you would be the pit. Uh, all right, so, well, the other alphabetical, alphabetical order is the Roosters. Yeah. Uh, and I, as I said, they just win the comp again. So Do you think it's that win. easy? No, Losing it's Cooper Cron? It's never that easy. Yeah, I, I know that, but I'm just saying, like, people go, oh, the Roosters win and get three-peat. You know how hard it is to get a, to get a grand final. Like yeah. even like you, talk, I was speaking with I was uh, with Boyd Cordner and Jackie Friend the other day. Um, like they know what they've done. It's it's unbelievable. The World Club challenges, the big the big runs into the finals, winning two could easily have lost two. You know, even 2013 campaign, the whole 2010s was the Roosters. Yeah, and they know what they've achieved. And it's, it's Robbo is just a genius of a person and a coach and just a mentor for all these young guys there. Like, he keeps them motivated. They are motivated all the time. What's next? What's next? Three-peats, obviously, next. Mm. Um, yeah, that club is just built just for success at the moment. And they've got the right nucleus and they've got some young kids there um, that really that will really show. But I think the loss of Luttrell, that left side, people don't understand how good that left side was. you got yeah. a friend, Takiri, Boyd Cordner, Luttrell, Tupo. A lot come out of... <laughs> <laughs> Kiri, you did. You know, Kiri, Latrell, Boyd Cordner, Tupo, and then Tedesco around the back. Yeah. Like, that was freakish, you know. And now you're going to have, you know, that's why they're trying to get J-Moz out, out there. They probably will too. Yeah, I the, think so. I mean, I think so. wants something. You've got Takayahu, who's He's arguably best. the best forward in the game. Uh, Jaraguri Hargraves, Jake Friend, you know, uh, Tupanua, Boyd Cordner. Um, Isaac Liu. They, they, they talk you got, about you got these guys that they're just they're, they've been. You got these kids there now that have been 18, 19, like number 18, 19, 20, 21, ready for first grade, oh, for but sure. couldn't get in first grade. You know, like look at last, like Nat Butcher and all these guys and Verrills and that. They're pushing to start. Yeah, Verrills is pushing for the starting spot to flick friend. Yeah, that's where his head's at. Yeah, and that that'll keep friend motivated and to play his plays balls off every single week and that'll bring the best out in friend. They talk about the loss of Cooper Cronk. They genuinely won a premiership against probably the best Melbourne side in a long time mm. and they beat him without Cooper Cronk because yeah, he had his arm he had a, before the game. Yeah. So I don't care who plays halfback, they still win. Yeah, well, you got some really good kids at Sullivan and... Not Sullivan. Flannery. He's, Flannery. Flannigan. Good kid. Flanagan. Yeah. Flanagan. Flanagan, he's got the old man's peptides full of them. Now, <laughs> Sea Eagles... Manly. Yeah. The Manly Sea Eagles, William, one of your old clubs. I think they overperformed last year, but I don't want to write them off. I mean, 
they've got yeah, like you got the Trebojevic brothers, you know. Um, I think, and you got Cherry Evans. There's three players. They're probably they're top ten players in the game at the moment. Yeah, you know, going off last year, and they fired last year. Yeah. You know, Tommy. I think Tommy will start the year. Jake's probably going to miss four games, maybe. But you know, I'm just looking at their list now. You still got, um, you know, Curtis Sirinen. He's good. Martin Tapao, Joel Thompson. You know, Corey Waddell's a young kid. Georgie Tafua, Matt Park, Moses Suley killed it. Dylan Walker's there. Ruben Garrick. They've still got a good team, but as I said, they're still gunning. That's one of those teams that killed it last year. They had 17 players go play good week in, week out until they got injured and they, they fell off. But they should have been in that um, the championship match yeah, yeah. to get into the grand final. Yeah, South just end up, you know, getting a grimy win. But um, I think, yeah, I think it's all on DCE's shoulders. He runs it, he runs that whole club. But um, it's going to be hard because, as I said, last year they all hit their straps. It's hard to, like, to look at a it's team like that. If they, this year, if, if, if a couple of those young kids regress, which it usually does happen, and then you're not really pushing for that. Every year, every week, every week, and you're getting those 50 50 chances. So it's up to these young kids, really, to really push it. So the next team that are on the list of my amazing alphabet soup is the Sharks. Now, they have been in a bit of turmoil at the start of this year. Mm. There has been ructions with Josh Dugan and whether he's going to uh, medically retire himself, which would be a yeah. word first. Uh, there's Jeez, ructions yeah. with Morris going to the Roosters. There's ructions with. I oh, know there's heaps of ructions. Yeah, it's it's all happening out there. I mean, Matt, Matty Moylan's been injured. I mean, what's happened with the Josh Morris thing? Obviously, the Sharks have come to him about I don't know, probably six weeks ago, a couple of months ago, and said, "Look, you know, you got Moylan in front of you, and you've got uh, Dugan. If they're fit, pretty much go find a club. They fall over, he goes finds a club. Now they want him back. Yeah, no, That's why he's now. bitter. That's yeah. why he's bitter. Yeah. And I can understand that. And he's a man of his principles, and he's an old school dude, and he'll he'll get out." Because he's pissed off. And he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to play. play. I yeah. mean, but other than that, I mean, they've still got a good side. I mean, I'm just going through their side here. He's Fafita um, busted or I mean, Fafita, Fafita, Fafita's on two legs and he's fit. He's one of the best props in the world. 100%. Because he, he just does shit that no other prop can do. you got Blake Braley, the brother. He'll be, he's been pushing for he's been pushing for a start for his brother for the last two years. He's been chasing him. Flicked his brother. So you've got that Britton Nakora who's a gun. Wade Graham, Jack Williams. Billy Magalus, Magalus, now Braden Ham, Hamlin Ueli. He's good. He's a gun. Yeah, he's a He's beast. the kid that I want to get at. Uh, you know, still got Sean Johnson there and, and, and Chad Townsend, Jesse Raymond, Bronx Sherry. You got some names there that can really, really cause some On trouble. On paper, they're a good On side. paper, it's but just, I mean, it's the depth. Do they gel? It's the depth. Do they gel? I mean, that's the whole thing. If, you've, if there's that many Russians coming out of a club, they've lost Gallon. And it sounds Gallen like you're saying Russians. There's a lot of Russians in that club. <laughs> Russians are very big in rugby league, William. We were, we supported the Emerging Nations Russians. World Cup and we saw a lot of Russians in that. Uh, I don't think that they can – I don't think they can do anything this year. Um, I think if they can get if – they, if, they if they don't get any injuries to their key players, they can make the eight. Yeah. I mean, Chad Townsend needs to have a gun. Yeah, I reckon he was outstanding. Sean Johnson, it's got to fall on his shoulders. You've got to pay – you're paying to do nearly a million dollars a year. He's a superstar player, superstar talent, megastar talent. We Sharks fans would be they'll they'll let that year slide because he showed some brilliance and everything like that, but they won't this year. So you've bit my head off saying Milford gets a million bucks, and then you've just bagged me because Sean John Johnson's it's unfair, unfair, <laughs> William. Now the Ronaldo are next on the list, and yeah. the Storm they just win, don't they? they just, yeah, they've just going. got a, they've got a system in place where they barely lose their first ten games. They'll win eight. Yeah, they'll win the first round. They'll be hard to beat. They've still got a superstar pack. You got Cameron Smith. Uh, Jesse Bromwich, 
you know, the other, the other Bromwich. Kenny Bromwich is good. Kenny Bromwich is a, a gun. You know, uh, Felice Kafusi, he was a current Australian player a couple of years ago, current Origin player. Dale Finucane, um, they've got a gun player. Munster, mm. you know. I mean, like, the seven Jerome Hughes is going to play. Yeah. He'll play seven. You've got Pappenhausen, who's going to be a young He's his freak. First, year at- first full year, full, full year. preseason at fullback. Um, you still got the Fox there. You still got um, Vunavalu. Vunavalu. I think they can. I guess they'll make the eight. I'm, I'm tipping them to be right up there. Top two, again forever. Now the Tigers are an interesting one because they are perennial underachievers. Michael <laughs> Maguire. He's now been there for a couple of years, yeah. and he's got mostly the roster he wants, I would think. Like, it's a lot of the players now that he's yeah. brought in himself. So, you know, you, you can talk about rebuilding, but this is probably the year the Tigers need to stand up. Yeah. How I do think, you reckon? I think Luke Brooks, Luke Brooks holds the key. He was good then. He's been year. outstanding. He's just yeah. in a really, really bad club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll let all our West Benji, Tigers fans. Benji Marshall, like, he's been outstanding. He's getting old, Benji. Like, mm. you need to take that crown from him. And wear it. Brooks is needs to do it. Him? Is anyone no. pushing Marshall for 5 Not though? really. I mean, they bought Reynolds and he's playing uh, yeah, I mean, backup hooker. I mean, you've got, they've got a really good back line. You've got Corey Thompson, Noel Faluna, Joseph Leilua, Moses Mbai, Robert Jennings. I mean, they're not superstar players, but they're good first graders. That's what they've got. They've got a really bunch, a good bunch of first graders. They've got no superstars. Lucky Luciano Leilua is going to be... Yeah, it'll be good. BJ will be good. They'll yeah. be, they're they're going to be... they got some Just the, the system that they've got with Madge... They're very defensive orientated, but he's been in some good systems with South. Yeah. And he's been at Melbourne where the cattle's a bit better. Mm. Thanks to our West Tigers fans. We've yeah. just written your side off. We're not even talking about you in the eight. The Titans also, I don't know if you're a Titans fan, but you probably need to reassess your life because they mm. are garbage. Yeah, I'm not I think really they'll be all right. They're, they'll be, to be, they'll fair, be competitive. With this new coach, they'll win games. They beat the Broncos in a trial. Oh, trials don't mean shit. Oh, come on. Um, Ash Taylor. He's uh, he's the key. Tyron Roberts was outstanding. Um, as I said, like their back lines, you've got some freakish players there on their day. Yeah. But if they go up against tried and tested first grade players, NRL superstars, how do they go there? You know, you still got a forward pack who's got Proctor, Bryce Cartwright, Jai Arrow, Shannon Boyd still there, White, Hipgrave, like you know, Fortuaker. You got some real like some decent players there, but do they play at their potential? If they all play like an eight or nine out of ten every week, they'll be competitive. But like that's the difference. That's a big. That's game. the difference where Melbourne are getting at that seven and eight, nine every week. The Titans, you know, four or five players can be real down, like a five and a half, five out of ten sort of game, and you can't afford that now. Titans are where the careers go to die. I'm afraid. I think there's mm. too many distractions up there. Hollywood's how you going? Warriors <laughs> are the last team on the list. The Warriors. You never know what you're going to get. You can't write them off, but you can't. Back mm. them, so they're good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's. Imagine being the coach. Like Kearney would be doing his head in. He's got so much talent. They've got a great talent pool. They lose a lot to Australia and and to Union. So it's they, they do a really good job over in there in New Zealand. But to win a to win the comp or to make the eight at the moment now is is too far. Can you it's explain what it used to be like? To, because you used to love going over Warriors there. Warriors were animals, Warriors. man. There was just, used they, you, I think they there. want to – they needed to wind back the clock and play Warrior football. You talk to guys like Monty Beetham and all these sort of guys that played in that era, the 2000s era, where they just fucking – there was no sets. There was no structure. You know, they could run the ball out of their own yard, their yardage and a flick pass would happen. Mm. Next minute they'd go 60. Like they just played this real, this football where you couldn't, you couldn't coach it. And it was the hardest to ever play against and to, mm. and to defend against. 
and they were aggressive. They, they had fun. Player. They used to fucking try and take my head off every single game. It brought the best out in me. I used to love playing against New Zealand and the Warriors, but it was just brutal. It wouldn't matter what year it was from 2000 to 2015. Like whenever I was there, I knew I played in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was some great memories, and I got some really good friends over there. But I look at their forward. I look at their four pack. They're beasts. They got some really good players there. Some real some real talent, but it's just not deep enough. Like, there's no superstar playing. They lost Sean Johnson, was massive. Two of Arshashek is a genuine Two superstar. Two of Arshashek is a top three player in the world. He can't do it all himself. Can't he's doing. Himself. He's averaging over 250 metres a game. Yeah. What else can he do? No. He's going to defend in the, front, in the front line and then defend in the back and run all this. I feel sorry for him. I worry, I worry about his burnout, actually. But um, he keeps turning up. But, yeah, as I said before, and you said, you don't know what Warriors side is going to turn up. They can turn any. up and just wipe the slate with everyone. Well, what we are going to do uh, for our next episode, we're actually going to we're going to look into a bit more depth at who we think is going to finish in the top eight. We're basically going to brush the other eight sides and not talk about them. I think. Hello, Tigers fans, Titans fans. But we have had a great time bringing the one to you today. We're looking forward to a, a full season. We'll be with you every week from now on, and we hope you can tune in. And we'll uh, we'll speak to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. And thank you all very much for tuning in to our first ever show of The Take. It's been a big day for us and we are very excited for what this season brings. We will be coming to you live on Facebook if you want to tune in on a Wednesday. And more importantly, you can listen to us on all of your good podcast things, your iTunes and your Spotify's and all those other amazing podcast places. If you would do us a favour and review and rate and subscribe, that will help us A, to get to you and B, also it will help us to stay on the air. We've got The Take with Willie Mason on Instagram and we have got Twitter handle Mason's Take. So please find us. We'll answer every question that comes at us because we love the people. That was good. <laughs> How's your best one? <laughs> I was just trying to think if I'm in a car or not. I just going, oh, all right, this cuts all right. I'll be following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL. As Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 